Hello everyone and welcome or welcome back to Scotch and Scared. I'm Stephanie and I'll be telling you some strange and unusual tales from the place I call home, Scotland. Before we get into it, I would like to ask everyone listening to send in their strange or unusual experiences. They do not have to have taken place in Scotland or even relate to it. If you have any requests for future episodes or you just fancy a wee gab, then please do not hesitate to get in touch you can send us an email at scottishandscared at gmail.com and you can also follow us on Instagram at scottishandscaredpod. Lastly, if you wouldn't mind, please rate, review and share the show wherever you may be listening to it. It really helps us out a bunch and a massive thank you to everyone who already has. Now, let's get into it. Why, hello there strangers. It's been a while. How the bloody hell is everyone? Life has been pretty intense the past couple of months for me, so we thought it best to take a wee break from everything podcast related. Like I've said many times before, I don't ever want to do this if my heart isn't in it, and I just didn't have the time or the motivation to do it with everything that was going on. But that being said, this year has already been one of the best years of my life, and we are so ready to get back into the show full time and really try and make something of this. Our goal this year is to keep growing and reach more people. We also have some very exciting events coming up, which I'll tell you all about in just a moment. I would just like to say a massive thank you to every single person who has messaged us on social media or emailed us while we've been gone. It is massively appreciated and I am very, very grateful for all of you. Just a wee side note, we got a dog at Christmas time or around Christmas time. He is a Dachshund and he is called Reggie. Now, we have been having a bit of a whale of a time with him in the past maybe like three months. He is a very naughty dog, so you may hear him in the background howling, barking, scratching um but yeah that's what it is if you hear it and i'm very very sorry i do apologize now all that soppy stuff aside i do have a very important and special announcement for you all if you follow us on social media you will already be aware of this but if you don't the podcast has been asked to attend HorrorCon scotland this year which is absolutely mind-blowing to us as well as attending i have been asked to sit on the women in horror panel where I'll be answering some audience questions, which again, mind-blowing. Now, this is the most amazing thing that we've ever been asked to take part in, and I am very, very grateful for the opportunity. Now, the convention itself will be taking place on the 21st of October this year in Aberdeen. It is an 18-plus only event. There will be so many amazing people there and all sorts of fun events taking place throughout the day. So, if you are interested in horror, you love horror... Um, you love the show uh, and this is something that you'd be interested in attending, you can buy tickets to the link in the episode description. There will also be an after party at the tunnels in Aberdeen, which we will also be attending and you can also, again, purchase tickets from the description. We will also have a booth at the convention uh, where we'll be meeting some of you lovely, lovely people. So, like I said, if you're a horror fan, you're a fan of the show, please consider purchasing a ticket. It would be amazing to finally meet some of you and see some familiar faces. We do not get a lot of horror-related events here in Scotland, so you definitely don't want to miss out on this. We've also decided to give out goodie bags at the convention to the first 30 people who come say hi at our booth. There will be loads of podcast merch, bits and bobs, as well as some other stuff from some small Scottish businesses. We already have two small businesses on board. 
So if you have or you know anyone who has a small business here in Scotland and would like to be involved, please drop us a DM on Instagram or email us at scottishandscaredpod at gmail.com. We would be more than happy to put some business cards or goodies from yourselves in the bags as well. So yeah, that's uh, that's what we have coming up so far. We're very, very excited for it. That's what we've mainly been doing for the past couple of months, trying to get things sorted, um, just trying to get things in place. Um, but yeah, I can't wait to see some of you people there and I just can't wait to experience it. Now with all of that out the way, why don't we just get into tonight's episode? Because I'm sure that's what you're all here for. You don't want to hear me ramble, ramble, ramble. Um, I thought what better way to come back than to tell you all about some more creatures from Scottish folklore. Because, you know, who doesn't love a good murderous creature? Now, one of these creatures in particular gave me the heebie-jeebies. Um, I have no idea why, but I will be telling you about it in just a momento. So without further ado, let's just get into it. Now, for our first big beastie, we might we find ourselves at the Scottish borders where a legend was spread about a large creature known as the Linton Worm. Now, the word worm is Old English for serpent or dragon. It does not mean large earthworm, which isn't particularly terrifying when you think about it. So don't be fooled by the name. The creature was said to be living in the hollow of the northeast side of Linton Hill. And this area is actually now known as Wormington. In terms of appearance, a 12th century writer described it as in length, three Scotch yards and bigger than an ordinary man's leg, in form and colour to our common muir edders. And if you go have a wee gander online and you look at this creature, you'll see some drawings, some depictions of it. But I'll just summarise what I think it would look like. Um, It was pretty big in terms of size and for the most part had green-ish kind of scales. It does kind of have the body of a serpent but the head of a dragon, so that kind of vibe. Now the creature was known to leave the hollow at dusk and dawn roaming the surrounding land in search of almost anything to eat. It made its way through livestock, crops and even people from the surrounding villages. It would tear its way across the land night after night until the land it covered became nothing more than a barren wasteland. As you can imagine, the villagers in the area became absolutely terrified of this creature and really struggled to keep their livestock safe and alive. Some had even tried to kill it, but claimed that no man-made weapon could kill it or penetrate its scales. That was until Scottish laird John de Somerville appeared on the scene. He had heard about the worm and wanted to try his hand at killing it, so he rode the hillside at dawn to see the creature before deciding how he wanted to handle it. Sure enough, in the hollow of the hillside was the worm. He noticed that it would crawl halfway out from its lair with its mouth wide open, to greet any animal or person. It was used the width of its mouth to judge whether it could swallow the object before it whole, and this is what gave the laird his idea. He rode all the way back to the nearest town and ordered the local blacksmith to forge him a unique, one-of-a-kind lance. It was made longer than a normal lance, and it had a wheel fitted about a foot from the end, which allowed the end of the lance to rotate upon contact. With his new weapon in hand, he returned to the hillside to confront the worm. On the end of the lance, he placed a large limp of peat covered in tar, which he then set alight. Before confronting the beast, he decided that it would be best to have a few practice runs with the lance, 
just so his horse would get used to running with the burning lance at its side and having the smoke blowing back in its face once he felt more comfortable, he struck. He ran towards the worm full speed, who as predicted opened its mouth, allowing the laird to plunge the lance deep into the creature's throat. Upon contact, the worm curled and slammed against the ground in agony. Legend says the marks it left on the ground during this struggle are what actually created the hill formations in the area. The creature slammed around so much that it eventually disturbed the soil within its lair and brought down the roof above it. Now, some stories say it was crushed by the falling debris and other stories say that it vanished, never to be seen again. As a reward for his bravery, the laird was knighted made Royal Falconer and also became the first Baron of Lintoon. Don't know if I've pronounced that correctly, but guys, you know the script. I'm not very good at pronunciation. Now, if you go online and you have a wee look at the Somerville Crest, you'll also notice it shows a dragon perched on a wheel, which is said to be a wee nod to the Linton worm. Now, I seem to have covered quite a lot of dragony, serpenty type creatures within these episodes. And I have to say, I think that dragons are pretty badass and I love a wee dragon story. What do you folks think? Do you think they're cool? Do you think they're puny? Do you think they're boring? And do you think that there actually were dragons at one point in time or are these just like stories? Because I suppose you could say that dinosaurs were kind of like dragons because they are large reptiles, some of them have wings... Who knows, there could be a dinosaur out there that we've just never found that was a dragon. Who knows? Interesting stuff. Anywho, our next nasty takes us all the way to Edinburgh, which is the Scottish capital. I recently took a trip to Edinburgh with my boyfriend and we had an absolutely amazing weekend. Um, But this story actually made the hair stand up on my arms and I have no idea why. If you've listened to the show for a long time and you've heard me talk about Edinburgh, you'll know that I find it to be a very eerie city. I absolutely adore it and I love the vibe, but I do find it very grey, very eerie. Even the weekend that we had in Edinburgh, it was raining, it was misty. It just gives off this very grey, eerie vibe, which I absolutely love, as you know. But the creature in question here was given the name The Great Hand, you heard me correctly. The reason for this is that anyone who had ever come into contact with this creature said that it took the shape of an enormous, hairy hand with claws similar to that of a large bird of prey. Nobody knows if this creature had a body as no one was unlucky enough to have gotten that close to it. So just envision that in your head. You're walking through a graveyard at night, you're walking through an alley at night, a dark street, you know, all things that I do in my everyday life. Um, and you see that. Terrifying. Terrifying. Now, if you've ever been to Edinburgh, you have more than likely walked up or down the Royal Mile, which is a very famous street that starts at Edinburgh Castle and ends at the Scottish Parliament Building. It's just a very long, cobbledy street. It's filled with bars, touristy shops, places you can buy like tablet, tartan, um, Mary King's clothes is there. Uh, there's just loads, loads and loads and loads. And underneath the street, there was a tunnel that stretched the entire length of the mile. And it was used by Scottish soldiers as means of surprise attacks and things of that nature. 
When the tunnel fell into disrepair and became dangerous to travel, it was closed off to the public and this is when the hand was supposed to have moved in and called this tunnel home. Now there were loads and loads of rumours of people going missing in and around this tunnel. People would go in and they wouldn't come back out. And everyone was just too terrified to go looking for answers. So they avoided the tunnel at all costs and warned all the young children in the area to stay away from it. That was until one day a brave young piper stepped forward and offered to cross the tunnel with his wee dog playing his pipes the entire route to let the locals know his whereabouts. They all agreed, very curious to see what he would find or uncover. The piper entered the tunnel at the castle end and started to play his pipes as he walked further into the tunnel. He could be heard from the street and the locals followed the sound of his song all the way down the hill. Everything was going great. That was until he approached the heart of Midlothian and the sound of his bagpipes suddenly stopped. Panicked for the young man's safety, all of the locals ran back up the hill to the entrance of the tunnel where they seen the piper's wee dog running up out of the darkness, absolutely terrified, so scared that it had said to have lost all of its hair. They called to the piper for a few minutes, but heard no reply, and as they were all too scared to go looking, the tunnel was bricked up at both ends and no one has ever entered it again. Now, some say this was just a spooky tale to scare people from going underground, which, yes, is extremely dangerous, but something about the great hand gave me goosebumps. When I was looking into this one, I did find a few other references to it in different parts of the country. And I've saved these for an upcoming fairy episode because they kind of link into it that way. Um, and I'd like to keep it for that. But one of the stories that I read actually took place in Cromarty, which is a wee village up north. And if you've listen to the podcast for a wee while you will know that the podcast actually took a trip to Cromarty and we've been there and uh, we explored the graveyard um, the cemeteries we spoke to the locals and stuff absolutely gorgeous wee village if you ever get the chance to go visit it um, but yeah I just thought that was very very eerie um, because the place that is talked about in this story we actually visited we actually seen it firsthand and we did think it was very eerie um, there's a photograph of it on on our Instagram um, so yeah, it was very, very weird. Now our last beastie is actually the stuff of my nightmares specifically. If you know me, you know I have thalassophobia, which is the fear of open water and things in the water. And good old Scotland seems to have a plethora of underwater demons that would deter anyone in their right mind from swimming in or around Scottish waters. I know I've took less dips. I know I won't be going to Loch Lomond this summer because I'm terrified. Now this tale takes us all the way north to the Shetlands, specifically the waters surrounding the Shetlands, where the Bregdae is lurking just beneath the surface. Now there isn't a whole lot of information detailing the appearance of the Bregdae, but from what I've been able to find, it kind of looks like a large bat-like creature with a long body and large fins that kind of resemble wings. Now, this sea monster was especially feared by Scottish fishermen as it was said to love chasing boats. It was one of its favourite pastimes. 
and when it caught up to the boats, it would wrap its large wing-like fins around the bottom of the boat, pulling it down under the water and down into the depths, never to be seen again. So you could say it was kind of like it was giving the boat a wee cuddle before it murdered every single person on board, which is just absolutely lovely, absolutely lovely. Luckily, if you encountered the Bregde at sea, you weren't completely helpless. Its cuddles could be redirected using two foolproof methods. The creature itself was, weirdly enough, absolutely petrified of steel and hated the feeling of it on its body. So if there was a weapon on board made of steel, it could easily be used to injure and deter the creature before it got its slimy fins on you and your boat. The other method was the use of amber beads. Yes, if you happen to have one amber bead on board, throwing it at the Bregde would scare it so badly that it would flee in a panic and you would be safe. I don't even think I've seen an amber bead in my entire 28 years on this planet. So the chances of me having an amber bead on board a ship are extremely low. And this is why, people, I hate boats. I don't even like getting the ferry to Mulport. I hate it. I hate it. But sadly, that is all I could find on the break day. I couldn't seem to find any stories or accounts of people's encounters with it. But I genuinely think that is still pretty terrifying. Pretty cool. Um, just my opinion. And those are the three Scottish mythological creatures that I have for you today. Please let me know what you think of them. I know it seems like they are all murderous and evil, but I promise you there are some very lovely ones coming up in future episodes that will warm your icy hearts. These are my favourite episodes to do. I love reading about these things that my ancestors and you know people genuinely believe that these things were real and that they were out there and they were going to get them and they were scared and they had all these uh, traditions that they did to keep them at bay and I just think that's super super interesting. As always I've had the best time researching these things. I love reading the accounts and stories and I love when there is a wee bit of history tied into them. I've learned so much about Scotland while doing this show and as much as I love the history, I do much prefer the folklore, creatures, haunted castles, ghost stories. And I do hope that you enjoy it too because I have so much stuff coming and I'm so excited to share it with you. I'm over the moon to be back and I hope to see some of you at the convention in October. And until next week, folks, stay weird, stay scared. Bye, folks. Bye.